Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Get your Bible's open to Philippians. We're going to pray here again in just a second to get our spirits right, make sure we're ready for the word. You know, it was exciting to, to take David with me. And I thought over this last weekend, I'm, I'm taking a couple guys with me to Costa Rica when I go. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, but we didn't, have, we didn't have the finances to do it. And so, like he said tonight, the fact that we're being so faithful is allowing me to take some people with me. And that's the best thing for ministry. I wish I could have taken Pastor Brian with me somewhere, you know, to go see ministry over a weekend and just be there and spend time together and and so I want to I want to keep doing that whenever I can. I always want to take my wife with me when I can. And when she can't go, I want to try to take somebody with me so they can see ministry firsthand. And uh, there's nothing like you said, there's nothing like seeing it going somewhere else. You see what, what what's going on in other churches. And so uh, I've got a good word for you tonight from this past weekend. God really did move. Um, they had good turnout. They had a Outreach on Saturday for the backpack outreach. It did not go as well as they wanted it to because school had started already. They had to. I was originally supposed to go a couple weeks ago, and they had to postpone it because uh, because of the band that couldn't make it, and so they had to do it after school started. So they didn't get quite as many people out as they wanted for that, but how many know no outreach is a bad outreach? Everyone works, and everyone is, it does something, amen, so it was great outreach, then we had a service out that night at 6 o'clock outside, which I love, I love doing stuff outside, and uh, it wasn't hot, amen, when it's not hot, it was beautiful, the sun was going down, and, and uh, preached a message, just an evangelistic message, and we saw, we really did see miracles, and I'm waiting on two in particular to get the confirmation from the doctor, one lady uh, had diabetes, and God had already healed her of congestive heart failure, and I uh, forgot what the other, it was something else major. And I gave a story, a healing story that God had used me on in the past, and the, the faith arose in that place. That's all it takes for miracles, is faith to arise and an expectancy that God can heal that person just like he healed somebody else. And so I could sense such, an, such a spirit of expectancy and faith, and so I prayed for that lady, and I, I just know I felt. Sometimes you pray for somebody, and you believe by faith, but you don't always feel something. I felt something happen in that woman's body. And then another guy is in his early 40s, and uh, I, I don't even know his name, but I th- he, he does their sound and stuff. And he came up, and he's had epilepsy since he was born. So he's 40-something years old, and he has seizures all the time, had one a couple weeks ago. And uh, I, I, when I prayed for him, I mean, he just, he shot to the ground like a lightning bolt. And he was just down there, and he was just praying in tongues, and I could just sense the Holy Spirit healing. And what a miracle that would be to have a guy with 40 years of epilepsy healed. How many know that would be a good testimony? Amen? So be believing with me that we're going to get that report back. I really felt God touching. Pastor Marshall said the same thing. They send their greetings. They said, thank you for allowing me to go. I know Pastor Mario preached an awesome message here. I already listened to it and got saved. Amen. I came to the altar at my house. It was a powerful message, and I and I saw a great turnout. We, we almost broke another record on Sunday morning, and if David and I would have been here, we'd have broke it. We were just one person short. But we had a lot of people out sick, too. And so we would have been three weeks in a row, we would have broke the 11 o'clock service record. 
So God is moving, amen. How many excited to be a part of a church where God is moving, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I ask you to open our hearts. We've prayed for this service, but now we just ask you specifically, and those watching online, to have their minds arrested. Lord, I know people like Pastor Brian and Joy are watching, Pastor Jose and Marcella, different people around different places are getting in to hear this word. Some people are working tonight. They'll hear it later. And I just pray, God, that you would just speak to us because, Lord, your word is challenging and your word is healing and your word does wonders in our lives when we open up our spirits and allow you to touch us. Devil, you're defeated and you can't come against us in any way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Philippians chapter 2, if you'll open your Bibles up there, we're going to get there in a second. I'm going to tell you the title in a moment. I don't want them to put it up there yet. But I, I was praying at the altar Sunday night. They did a Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, instead of doing a Friday night this time. And uh, by the way, speaking of that, don't forget this weekend we have a big revival. Amen. We need all of you back on Friday night. Amen. All of you that are here, hello, come on, be excited. Amen. We need all of you that are here back, and we need you to invite somebody. How many know someone who's got an addiction? Let me see your hand. If you know someone who's got an addiction, invite them Friday, please. This, this man's testimony, I don't want to take it, take, take it away from him, but he, he, he came out of drugs and addictions and problems, and he, I really believe God's going to use him this weekend. So invite somebody that, that uh, has problems, has addictions, has needs, needs a touch in their life that maybe you've never gotten to go to church before and tell them there's a party out in Denton at 7 o'clock. Amen. Don't tell them what it is. Just tell them there's a party. Amen. And let them show up. Tell them there's free stuff. Amen. There will be the free word of God. Amen. But we need everybody turn out Friday night, Saturday night, and both services Sunday morning. As we talk about finances, we have invested. When we do a revival, it takes plane tickets. It takes hotel. It takes transportation. It takes a lot of finances to do this, so we need everybody to be here. Amen? So as I was there in that revival preaching Sunday night, that last service at the altar call, God gave me a word for tonight. That's very rarely ever happened. I, I was giving it to them. And as I was given, it was already the service was over, the preaching was over, the salvation was over. Lots of people came forward and got saved, thank God. We had already prayed for people. And kind of at the end, I just began to challenge their church because I've been there to that church a lot of times. And a matter of fact, that was my second time to go this year. I was just there about four or five months ago. And so I've seen a lot of these people over the years in that church. And Pastor Marshall and Cherise did very similar to what Pastor Mario and Deonza had to do when they took over a church, which is very difficult. And they've had to kind of just restart that church again. But I've been going long enough to see the same faces over the years. And, and what, I, what I saw at the altar call for that church was that God is about to do something really big and really strong in that place. And they're on the brink of revival. But they, those people that are there need to get over themselves. Okay? God wants to do greater things in this place tonight. God wants to use us greater than he has been. God wants to bring a greater revival than we can even imagine. But I need us tonight to get over ourselves. Can I get a better amen? Y'all thought I was going to come back and be nice, huh? Amen. I'm stirred up. Tell the person next to you, get over yourself. Amen. That's the title. The Lord spoke that to me Sunday night in that message, and I'll explain a little bit here in a minute, but I want to start off in uh, Philippians. You know, there's two ways that you can get over yourself, two ways that you would want someone to get over themselves, and I'm not going to make anything specific as far as examples, but here's the two examples. One would be 
If, you, if I got up here tonight and I began to say, you know, when I'm gone, it's just not the same. And, I'm, you know, you're so blessed to have me as a pastor and, and whatever. I could just say a whole bunch of things and brag on myself. And, and you might have met someone like this. And when they get done, you, you're thinking inside, get over yourself. You think too highly of who you are. Anybody ever met anybody like that? Don't nudge nobody. Come on. The cameras are on. Amen. Right? They just, all they do is talk about themselves. So that would be one thing. You, you don't get over yourself. You think too high. But the other side's really what I want to hit, and that's the person that comes to you, and all they do is talk about their problems. I'm, I, I, and I don't even want to give any specific examples. I, I need this, or I'm always that, or I'm going through this, or I'm struggling with that, and I, I can't do this, and I can't do that. Does anybody know someone like that? Two honest hands. Maybe I'm talking to you then. That's the one I really want to focus on because I, start to, I started to look at this congregation of people. It wasn't everybody. Because I mean, no, we got to be real. we got to be real. And I looked at them and I thought, you know, if they keep coming to the altar, and this is for us too, if we keep coming to the altar every service, and every time we come to the altar, we're responding in a way, Lord, I need to get out this addiction. Lord, I need your help. Lord, would you help me stop doing this? Lord, would you help me stop doing that? And all we ever do is come to the altar and work on ourselves. Hello? Anybody home? It's, we, need, we need to work on ourselves. Don't get me wrong. You need to come and let that message get a hold of you. But church, if we every single service are coming to the altar and all we're doing is praying for ourselves, how are we affecting anybody else? We've got to get over ourselves. We need to start focusing on the lost, focusing on other people, because I've told you this before and I'll tell you again tonight, no matter what you're going through, somebody's got it worse. Amen. I just happened to see a story yesterday of a, of a basketball player, and I don't even know how I didn't know this happened until yesterday, some of you might have heard about it, especially if you like sports. But I saw it on Twitter in 2021 of January, almost a oh, year and a half ago. Sean Bradley of the Dallas Mavericks, who was a big, the big, one of the tallest players to ever play basketball, seven foot six, was driving, riding his bicycle home, and was 100 yards from his home, got hit by a car, and is now paralyzed, quadriplegic. They did a thing on TV on him last night. I think, he's, I think no matter what you're going through tonight, you're not a quadriplegic. Can I get an amen? Someone's always got it worse. And I listened to that man sit there and talk. He's, they said he was the, the biggest man ever in the history that they knew of the world to have a spinal surgery. Can you imagine those paramedics trying to pick up a 7-foot-6 man that weighs 300-something pounds with a broken back? My point is, church, get over yourself. Come on, don't shout me down too much. You'll be shouting by the time it's over, amen? If we would start focusing a little bit more on other people and not ourselves all the time and what I need and what I'm struggling with, what I'm going through, then we would start to see a real revival because that's all throughout the Bible. We do need to fix ourselves. We do need to make sure we're right, but you need to get your eyes off you and get your eyes on somebody else. Listen to this. When we learn to look at life, that picture this, through a telescope and not a microscope, we can learn the secret of true humility. That telescope shows the future, and it shows it the, big, the big picture. That microscope is right here in front of me. I'm, I'm busy looking at my problems. I can't tell nobody nothing because I'm dealing with this, and I can't do nothing because I'm dealing with that. We need to get over ourselves. 
Philippians chapter 2, watch this. Chapter 2, verse 1, let's look at this. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection, sorry, and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. How many know church? That's, that's what a revival is when the church is in one mind. Here we go. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. This is where we need to be. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others, and just leave that up there for a second, better than himself. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. So if I came tonight to church and all I've thought about is my problems, I'm selfish. I must be preaching the truth here tonight because I'm not getting any amens. That's good. I'm hitting some nerves. Amen. If the Lord speaks it, we, we preach it. Amen. Oh, I, I, need to, I, I want to get my healing tonight. I need to get fixed tonight. I need to go get my fix tonight. Jesus already fixed you. Start walking in that fix. Jesus already set you free. Start walking like a free person. Jesus already delivered you. Start walking like a delivered person. Instead of every single service coming in with your spiritual crutches and limping up to the altar. Listen, we need to ride the altar to heaven. But how about coming to the altar tonight and not focusing on your own problems but praying for somebody else? We've even had to deal with this in the ministry over the years of people that are serving, especially people who are leaders and pastors, that we need, them to, we need them to come up to the altar and pray for other people instead of always coming to pray for their own needs. Let me, let me tell you real quick, let me give you a nugget. You know how you get to this service and get to the altar? I'm just going to get ahead of myself. and we'll just, I can just forget the whole rest of the message. You know how you get this fixed and you come up to the altar not thinking about yourself? You get your behind to the prayer room. And you work on yourself in the prayer room. And then when you come out here, it's all fixed. That went right, We're going to stay there and write this down if you're taking notes. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's, it's realizing, I, you, know what I need? I, you know what I need tonight? I need, I need God to touch me. I need God to heal me. I need God to do this. I need God to do that. But you know what, God? I'm going to church tonight, and I'm going to pray for somebody else's need. I'm going to think the whole service about how I can be a blessing to somebody else. I'm going to think the whole service about how I can pray for somebody else that's sick. What would happen if we would all come in here and scratch each other's backs instead of constantly scratching our own? How many know you can't scratch your own back very good? I have a thing in both my vehicles that I can grab from the back seat and scratch my back that my father-in-law brought me from Costa Rica. It's a game changer. Look at the person next to you and say, this isn't about you. Amen? It's about Jesus. Have we remembered why we're here tonight? It's about Jesus. It's about souls. What I'm saying with this, if you haven't caught on yet in what I was trying to tell the church in Denver, is 
How many times have you heard a message? How many times have you been blessed to hear that there's eternity? How many times have you been blessed to get prayed for? How many times have you had the opportunity to give your life to Jesus or to rededicate your life? How many times have you heard a good message? How many times have you heard things that some people out there have never heard one time yet? And we keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, and some of us don't do anything with it, yet somebody's out there that's never heard the gospel yet. To me, that's selfish. Amen? I'm not mad at you, by the way, just so you know. We just need to get over ourselves. It's a, it's a principle of the Word of God. Let's keep reading here, verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own. So, yes, it's not like we start caring for each other. Well, I'm just not going to take a shower anymore. I'm not going to brush my teeth anymore. i got to worry about other people. No, 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 no. Please brush your teeth. Please take a shower. Please put deodorant on. Please use gum and mints and cologne. and Amen? That's not what we got to take care of ourselves, but but not only for ourselves, but also for the interests of others. And here's a principle. When you begin to this is going to change your life. Some of you are going to leave out here tonight changed. Your life's going to change because you're going to have the mentality that if I can make my life about other people, there's a principle that God will take care of everything you need. It's a principle. It's all throughout the Bible. Let this mind be in you. How many know it's a change of mind? This is the Lord speaking to all of us. I'm going to put us all in there, speaking to all of us that when we come to church, we're, we're always thinking about ourselves. He's saying, let, let this mind be in you. Let's focus on somebody else. And he says, which was also in somebody we have a really good example in, named Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, when he got to this earth, he did not carry himself like God in the sense of I'm somebody. Jesus could have walked around, and church, that's why the world missed him. Because they thought he was going to be born in a five-star hotel and drive a fancy car and walk around with robes and, and pedals out in front of him, but he was born in a manger. He went as low as he could get, and everywhere he went, he went where the sinners were. He went where the messed up people were. He went where the lost people were. And they're thinking, this can't be Jesus. I was telling David over this weekend, and I want to tell you tonight, that the greatest thing we can do, and I actually found this really good picture. We were talking about how when, I love when someone walks in this church. When, it, it, when John James walks in this weekend, he don't know anybody in this church. I almost wish I wasn't going to see him before the service. So he could come in and guess who the pastor is. He'd see all these guys walking around, dressed up nice, carrying themselves in a godly way, and he would have to think, which one is it? Because, the, because we're humble tonight, amen? We're nobody. We're all important, but we're nobody. Does that make sense? When they went to see Jesus in the garden, he looked so much like them and mixed in so much with them, he had, Judas had to tell the soldiers, the one I kiss is Jesus. Because they wouldn't have known who he was. He saw, he'd have saw them 12 mighty men and said, which one is it? Are y'all following me? That's what Jesus came to do. If Jesus came to do that, to make himself equal, to not think it robbery, to be like God, what more should we do as believers? Amen. Verse, next verse. But made himself of no reputation. 
In other words, when he was walking around and they said something that he didn't like or it didn't lift him up enough, he said, hey, don't call me that. Don't you know I'm the Messiah? Hello, don't call me rabbi. I'm God. Right? It's not what he did. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to build a reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Church, that's our example tonight. Jesus, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Is anybody in here thankful that Jesus came to be obedient to the cross? That's why we're saved. Amen. So, so think about this. What do I really mean? When I'm saying get over yourself, what do I really mean? How many would like to know what I really, really mean? If you don't know yet. I'm not being mean when I tell you to get over yourself. I'm basically telling you what Jesus said, but in today's terms. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16 and watch, and you'll see what I mean. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let them get over themselves. That's what let, let them deny himself means. It means get over yourself. Stop focusing on you. Stop putting all the emphasis on you. Stop putting emphasis on what you want and what you need and deny yourself. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about souls. And it says, let him deny himself and take up his cross. That's what getting over yourself means. Taking up your cross and following Jesus. For whoever desires to look on themselves, this is what he's trying to say, whoever desires to focus on themselves and not focus on others and, and not get over themselves will lose their life. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Amen? Y'all following me tonight? It's not to minimize your problems. For some people, we can't minimize your problems because you've already posted them on Facebook. The whole world knows them. We can't minimize your problems because everybody already knows them. You've already told everybody. You ever met somebody when you go, hey, how you doing? And the following, whatever they say makes you wish you didn't ask. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Or that would be okay so, so compared to some people. Well, let me tell you. Well, and then they start to, you're not really, really at the, in that point of saluting them and saying hi, really asking them if their car broke down that day, they had a bad day at work and all those things. But they're going to let you know. They're going to let you know all their problems as soon as you meet them. They're going to let everybody know. 
It's not being a hypocrite to say that you're doing good when things are bad. It's you understanding that those things that are going bad don't affect who you are or your walk with Jesus. Because your, your Jesus is bigger than those problems. And you're going to get over it just like you got over it last time. Some of y'all got your heads down, so I know I'm talking to somebody in here tonight. Amen. This is a good message, and it's going to bring good fruit. You're either going to get mad about this or get glad about it. Amen. You're either going to get over yourself or stay in yourself. Whatever happens, happens. But if you get over yourself, God could really start to use you. Because he needs you when you ask that person how they're doing and they tell you. He needs you to, instead of saying, oh, well, let me tell you about mine. Because you know what we do a lot of times? When someone says how bad their day is, we try to beat it. Oh, you think that? You ever heard that? Oh, you think that's bad? That ain't nothing. Let me tell you what happened to me. You ever met someone like that whose story has to beat yours? Right? Am I, t- am I talking to real people here tonight? God don't need you to compare your story to theirs. He needs you to have an ear and say, you know what, in this conversation, I'm going to put my problems aside, and I'm going to listen to this person, and I'm going to try to minister to this person, and as I minister to them and focus on their problems, God's going to go take care of my problems that I'm going through. I'm going to get over myself and what I need. The dictionary definition of of self-denial, listen to this, is the willingness to deny oneself of possessions or status in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. David said it at the offering tonight. You've heard me say it before. You can have things if the things don't have you. If you're willing to let it go at any moment, God says, I need you to let go of that. That's starting to get you. You let it go. doesn't have you. It means the willingness to deny yourself, the willingness to become less, the willingness to put yourself to the side, the willingness to serve in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. Now, the words Jesus used in the original scripture we just read was very similar for deny yourself. It's, it, was near, sorry, it was like the wording in Paul's uh, verse of Philippians chapter 3. Watch this next chapter. We looked at Philippians 2. Watch this, Philippians chapter 3. This is the same wordage, same translation as Jesus was saying about denying yourself and taking up your cross. And Paul says, whatever things were gained to me, those I've counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, watch this, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Amen? That I may gain Christ. Has anybody gained Christ in this place tonight? Amen? So that, that's the same thing. Now I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Here's the quote of the week, and this will go beyond tonight. This might be the quote of the year. Everybody's sower. S-O-R-E, not sour, sower. Everybody's sower, like in pain, you know, bones, and, and my, my grandson, Briar, when he goes up and down, he makes a noise. He goes, Ugh. at 15 months old. You know why he does that? Because his poppy and his and papa go, Ugh, and grunt every time we get up and down. So he's used to listening to us. We're sower, amen? They pick it all up. You know he can't be sore. His muscles and bones aren't old enough to be sore. 
But somehow he picked up the noise. Everybody's sore. Everybody's tired. Oh, I'm so tired. I got on some teenagers at the end of that service, didn't I, David? They said, they said, I'm tired. I said, from what? From what? How can you, teenagers, you can't be tired. I know y'all didn't do nothing wrong tonight, but I'm just going to come after you for a second, especially just the boys. I'm not going to look at the girls. You can't be tired. You haven't been alive long enough to be tired. Amen. You're too young to be tired. Can I get an amen so I can move away from you? All right. People who are in their 40s and 50s, and they can be tired. But ch- kids can't be tired. From what, playing video games? From going to school? They don't even do anything in school. Amen. Everybody's sore. Everybody's tired. Here's the last one. Everybody has an excuse. You try to teach somebody something or tell somebody something, they're going to have an excuse for it. Anybody met anybody, everybody, anybody like that? Instead of just saying, you know what, you're right. Thank you for noticing that in my life. There's an excuse. So let me read this again. Here's the quote of the week. Everybody's sore. Everybody's tired. Everybody has an excuse. Don't be everybody. Give me one more amen and I'll move on. Everybody's sore. Everybody's tired. Everybody has an excuse. Don't be everybody. The purpose of self-denial, I'm closing right here. The purpose of self-denial is counting as loss earthly gains. Okay, that's the purpose. When God gives you something, you just push it back to him. Thank you, Lord. All glory be to you, Lord. That was all you. That was nothing that has to do with me. All glory to you. Just push it back to him. And, man, if I have anything, it's because God gave it to me. It's all God. It's all God. And, and when we do that, we become more like Jesus in his holiness and obedience to God. Church, we have the best example in the world in Jesus. How he lived his life, how he came to serve, how he came to think about others. Just, just focus tonight as we begin to close on the very end of the story. Jesus is on that cross. And I could take an hour right now if I wanted to and go through step by step all the suffering he went through to get to the cross, to have his arms out, nailed to the cross, feet nailed to the cross, unrecognizable. Next time you think you have problems, you need to go think about the cross. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Go think about the passion of the Christ. He didn't deserve to be up there, yet he's up there. And he's got his nails, hands in his, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, bleeding from his head from a crown of thorns, unrecognizable in his face and body, the Bible says, unrecognizable. They, they wouldn't know who Jesus was then either because you couldn't see his face. It was so disfigured. And it, the point and climax of his suffering, what does Jesus do? He thinks less of himself and more of others. He leads one of the one of the criminals on the cross to him to salvation. 
He takes the time to stop in all his pain and suffering and look over at a, at, a, at a man who for the entire time of the cross that they were suffering was mocking him. Because if you've read the Gospels, they were both mocking him. He has the compassion and self-denial in that pain to look over at that man when that man says, Rabbi, will you remember me today? He could have just looked back and said, do you see the suffering I'm going through right now? Do you, are you, didn't do that. He probably pushed himself up on his pain in his arms, broken ribs, not really broken ribs because we know no bone was broken, broken body, took enough breath to look back over and say, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's self-denial. And then at the same time as he's on that cross and does that, he looks down on all these people who are watching him die and, and has the self-denial to look up to his father and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the picture, church, of what we need to be. I know it's a high calling. I know it's impossible for us to get up there, but we should try. We should remember what Jesus did and use him as our example. So listen to this. We're denying ourselves over and overcoming the persistent fleshly demands of the body. The, the persistent fleshly carnal man. This is going to be the revelation for some of us tonight. We're going to get the victory over these passions and addictions and fears and problems and all the things that we go through when we get an understanding that those things were nailed to the cross. And we have to deny ourselves so we can walk in the power of the salvation of Jesus Christ. This, listen, this is known as the carnal self or the natural man, and we have to bring those things into submission to God's word, to God's word. I'm going to throw one more thing out before we close tonight. How many would agree with me tonight? We don't, and we, we say this all the time, we don't read the word enough. Do I have any honest people in here? My son-in-law sent me a picture this week that I shared with the pastors that are going out. That What was the total time? Three days? 72 hours? You can read the entire Bible in 77 hours. I dare you to go to Instagram tonight. Or wait till the end of the week, whenever, it, I don't know where the cutoff is. And look at your time, your timeline. And see how many hours you've spent on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all the social medias. And then if there was a way to go look at how long you've read the Bible, what, why, why, why are we not getting over ourselves? Because we're indulging ourselves. You can read the whole Bible. Now, of course, you're not going to do it 77 hours straight. But 77 hours, break that up in 30 days. Break that up in a month. Somebody help me with math. Two, 
two hours a week or something? Somebody help me with that. 70, 30 days, how many, how many hours a day? 77 hours. Two, two and a half? Put it, put it high, three hours, a, 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 a month, a week, a day. Help me. My math's messing with me. It wouldn't take no 30, it wouldn't take 30 days to, reset, to do 77 hours, would it? How much a day? Come on, mathematicians. I know there's an engineer in here somewhere. Oh, you're using your phone. How much? Hours a day. To read the Bible in a month. Well, I can't do that two and a half hours. Go look at your Instagram. Go look at your Facebook and figure out how much time you're spending on that. Spread it out to three months. Then it's like 45 minutes a day. The reason we're not winning the battle is because we don't take the battle to the word. The word defeats the flesh. Amen. I love you. Amen. I'm not saying this mean. I'm just telling you. If you're not getting over yourself, it's because you're self-indulged. When you're reading that Bible, man, you're in that word. That word, listen, that word is a mirror. And it's going to speak to you. And it's going to tell you what you need to change. And it's going to make you feel like nothing. It's going to make you feel sometimes like you're worthless. But then it's going to pick you back up and tell you how great you are. Then it's going to put you back down and tell you you deserve to go to hell. Then it's going to tell you how, how, worse, how bad your sins are. Then it's going to pick you back up again and tell you that you can go to heaven. It's going to keep you humble when you read that book. You know, it's okay to feel unworthy. Because there's some verses that are going to make you feel unworthy. But you haven't read the other verses that will lift you up and tell you that it's not your worthiness, it's Jesus's. We're not getting the whole, whole book. Amen. As the musicians begin to come, Galatians chapter 5, watch this. And those who are Christ's, you said you love Jesus, you said Jesus is your Lord, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you come to this altar every single service and you're praying for the same thing, you're not doing a good job crucifying your flesh. I hope I'm not talking to anybody, but I know I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to a lot of us, maybe all of us. We want you to come deal with your problems. But like I said in that church in Denver, an evangelist shouldn't come back in six months or a year and still see the same problems. Get, get over it. Some of y'all need to get over your past. It's over. It's in the past. It's under the blood. Well, you just don't know what happened to me, and you just get over it. Are you going to stay back there, or are you going to go where God wants you to go? Get over yourself. Amen. Get that passion under the cross. Crucify it. Self-denial. Renounce yourself. Recognize Jesus is the one true center that we need to be looking at. Last verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Look at this. You are dead. Tell the person next to you, you're supposed to be dead in the, in the flesh. True. You have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, 
then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death. Now, just let me ask you a question. Who, who's going to put to death your members? Your neighbor? Your mom? Your dad? Your brother? Your sister? Me? I can't put to death your members. We're, I, I would like to sometimes. We're talking about that at this revival. This one guy, I mean, I've seen him so many times. Me and Pastor Marshall are both at the same time. Pastor Marshall knows who I'm talking about. I sent you a video of him. In and out of drugs, in and out of problems. We said, we're going to send the sinner's prayer with you today and send you home. We're just going to knock you out and kill you. You need to just go to heaven. You ever met someone like that? You wish you could just pray for them and send them home so they could just make it? Come on, am I talking to anybody real here? As a pastor, you feel like that sometimes. You wish you could say the sinner's prayer and just say, shh, Because, man, it's like every week, every month, every year. Next year, three years. Am I talking to anybody home tonight? Put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Put them to death. How are we still walking around with these addictions? How are we still walking around with this selfishness? How are we still walking around with all these things in our lives? Some of us have been saved so long and we're still drinking milk. Jesus is like, I, I got so many people I need you to reach, but you're still, I, I said, can you imagine if I was standing up here in diapers to that congregation on Sunday? So some of y'all are still standing in diapers spiritually. You're an adult in diapers. Is that how, take that picture with you. How many don't want to look like an adult in diapers? And that's what some people are because they never get the victory. They never get over themselves. They never defeat the flesh. And if it's not one addiction this week, it'll be another one next week. Let's get over ourselves so we can get to the people who need Jesus tonight. Amen? It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And it's about souls tonight, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you. We love you. We have problems, God. All of us have problems. But, Lord, it's time to get over ourselves. I've never preached a message like this in all my 30 years. It is time to get over us. Time to get off the milk. Some of you in here are, are, are on the milk. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're on the milk. You just got saved. You're okay. My little grandbaby Everett's not going to get up and walk tonight. No matter how much we want her to. She's a baby. And she's still drinking milk. But if you've been saved for a while, God is telling you, listen, I need you to get on some meat. I have got people that need to hear your gospel, your testimony. They need to see you overcome. They need to see that you've defeated that pornography, that you've defeated that drug addiction, that you've defeated that liquor, that you've defeated that anger. That you've de They need to see the change. And for some of you tonight, listen closely. This is the Holy Spirit. For some of you, it's not drugs. It's not alcohol. It's not pornography. For some of you, it's jealousy. It's anger. It's bitterness. Whatever it is, give it to the Lord tonight. Let's make this the night.
Not the last night we respond to an altar call. Of course not. But let's make this the last night we come just selfishly for ourselves and get to a place where we can start coming to church focused on, Lord, I just, I'm, I'm not coming to get something fixed tonight. I'm coming to lift weights. I'm coming to get strong. I'm coming in here to get pumped up. I'm coming here to get challenged so I can go out and be the mighty, mighty, overcoming man or woman of God you've called me to be. Because I'm not on that road no more. I'm a new creation. I'm born again. I'm blood bought. I'm leaving those elementary things. I'm getting off the bottle of milk and I'm getting on the meat. Give me some protein, Jesus. Give me some protein, Lord. Give me something strong. Challenge me tonight. Let's get to a place where that's what's happening. And the ones who are coming down that need to get over themselves are the ones who are new converts and just got saved. And they're still learning how to go through things. How many all over this place, front to back and side to side, you're not saved? That's the first step. Put Jesus as Lord of your life tonight. Ask him to forgive you. That's the first step. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe on Jesus. Confess that you need salvation. That's the ABCs of salvation. How many in here have never done that? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I need Jesus tonight. I know it's a Wednesday night. I need Jesus. We'll give those watching online in a moment chance to pray the salvation prayer. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're fooling your parents. You're fooling your loved ones. Maybe you come to church all the time, but you don't know Jesus. It's, it's real church. We got, we got to give Jesus our hearts. Maybe you need to come home tonight. Back to the Lord. Put your hand up. Maybe you're listening online, watching on the live stream. You need to get back with the Lord tonight. Time is short. Tomorrow's not promised. Next week's not promised. Next year's not promised. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you're here, and this is the last call for this part. Maybe you're here, and you've known the Lord for a long time, and this message is for you. And God is saying, listen, I, I, you don't, you're not promised next year. You might have fall, got up, fall, got up, fall, got up, but maybe next year there's no get up. It's dangerous. Get serious. Get serious with God. Tomorrow's not promised. Let's stand all over this place. We're going to open up these altars in just a minute. How many believe I preached what the Lord wanted me to preach tonight? How many agree with me we need to get over ourselves? Amen? We do, all of us. We need to focus more on others, focus more on the needs of others, focus more on souls. Let, let those, the, the things, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Falls on everybody. Things, bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Get, we got to get over it and just focus on souls. And when you do that, you're going to be happy. He who wins souls is wise. Amen. He who thinks about the lost, God, that's God's heart. What, how many know the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God? How, does it, how much does it please God when he looks at you and he knows what you're going through, but nobody else does because you're focused on other people? It pleases him to say, man, my son, my daughter is really going through something right now. They could be whining. They could be complaining. They could be looking inward. But they're out passing out tracts. They're out telling people about Jesus. 
They might have cancer. They might have some sickness, and they're praying for something. You know what the best way to get healed of something is? Pray for somebody else that needs to get healed. That's the best way. You're sick in your body. Go pray for somebody else. There's a principle there. Amen? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Before we, before we open up these altars, let's say this prayer for those that are watching online and listening on the podcast. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I fall short of your glory. I'm here tonight by the grace that you've given me. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to hear this message. But you love me so much that you sent me this preacher to tell me the gospel to tell me the good news that you suffered on that cross for me. I believe that tonight. You stayed obedient to death by humbling yourself. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood on the cross for my sins. I believe that, and I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior, and you took my place on that cross. Come into my life. Transform me. Make me a new creation. And I believe that all the old things tonight are passed away in the name of Jesus. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Let's give those that said that prayer online a big hand tonight. I believe we'll see him come into church. Amen. They'll, they'll, they'll talk to us on social media. We'll know that they gave their life to Jesus. Amen. Tonight, let's get over ourselves. Amen. And, and going forward, I don't want it just to be tonight. I want you to have that mentality. It said, that part, that verse said, have this mind. I want you to have the mind when you come. Again, I'm not minimizing anybody's problems in here. I'm just giving you a principle that will make you an overcomer. That you just can't keep always coming and worrying about yourself. Get over that. Get victory tonight. If you have any kind of addiction, would you leave it here tonight and not pick it back up again? Would you truly, truly be sorry for what you've done and say, God, I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing that again. I'm going to have self-control. I'm going to get victory over that. And one of the best ways you do that is staying right here in this. Amen? Whatever it is. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.